the best way out is through. Running 100 miles seems impossible, and maybe even kind of crazy. And it is, but we believe in big crazy dreams. That's why we ran 100 miles. It was such a life-changing experience for us, we decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race. Are you ready to feel the highest highs and the lowest lows? Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your trail to 100? Thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100, the podcast made to help you finish your first 100-mile race. My name is Jacob Bateman, and joined along with me today is my brother, Billy Bateman. He's my oldest brother. I'm the youngest of four. He's the oldest of four. So always looked up to him growing up, and me and him were able to have a special experience where he had set the goal to run slash hike his a marathon on his favorite mountain. And he wanted to be in shape for the upcoming hunting season. And so I said, all right, man, let's do it. And so I was able to have that experience with him. It took us over 12 hours to finish a marathon. That's right, guys. It was slow moving, but it was in tough terrain. And the last 14 miles were actually on a trail that didn't exist, where the only way we were able to get off this mountain was due to GPS maps downloaded on our phones. And so that literally led us off because without that, we were just bushwhacking through a mountain. It was a crazy situation. It was a tough situation, but my brother was able to put down his head and push through it. And I was thoroughly impressed with how he handled that day out on the mountain. And there was a lot of experiences to be learned that can help ultra runners, especially from a first timer's view. And so I thought we had to bring him on the podcast. So I'm excited for you guys to listen to this experience as me and my brother, Billy Bateman, talk about our marathon on Boulder Mountain. First time, I, I'm excited to uh, bring on blood of mine. I've had my parents on the show, but Billy, my oldest brother, thank you for joining us here on the podcast today. Dude, I'm, I'm honored to be here on the trail to 100. <laughs> Awesome. What he's you've been with us from the beginning, listening, listening to our pods. You were there when we ran yep. our first hundred. You and your wife, you were there for me when I ran the Ute 100. So you've you've seen a lot. You've seen what we've gone yeah. through. You've heard what we've gone through. But now I'm excited to talk about your experience that you've had with kind of your first, I'll call it an ultra-like experience. It felt like an ultra to me out there anyways. But anyways, Billy, first off, what 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 inspired you to decide cuz I know you from way back when, right? <laughs> and and you've never been that big into into running. You I know you played soccer in high school. I know you go to the gym quite a bit, but I've never really heard you just going out and running much. So what inspired you to decide that you wanted to do a race or have an experience like this? Uh, yeah. So a few things. Well, one, like you, I saw you starting to do these, these ultras a few years ago. You know, at first I was like, I thought you were a little bit crazy, but I, I really respected it. Cause I was like, that's tough. You know, like I've never, I've never done anything like that. Like, 
before I, I started a business, I was like dedicated to the gym, like 5 a.m. I would lift for like two hours a day. But but to be honest, like, you know, I hated the cardio at the end. Like more often than not, I'd be like treadmill, Stairmaster for 20 minutes. Uh, I got to make it to the office <laughs> where I don't I never minded pushing weight around, though. Yeah. So I thought you were a little bit crazy, but I also was like, that's awesome. So for me, like to start this, it even goes back, I would say to when, you know, you did your first 100 and and we helped you out because that was all self-supported. And I thought that was pretty cool. Last year when you did, or maybe it was the year before when you did the U 100, Chelsea and I came and I did just a little sick. It was like a six or seven mile stretch with you on the second half. And I mean, it was more of a hike through the dark, you know, that we were doing there. And it was probably the most I, I could do at the time. But that got me thinking, I was like, well, maybe I could do something like this just a little bit. But I didn't do anything about it. And then a few months later, we went on, I had a mule deer tag for up in Idaho, or just a regular deer tag. And it was a tough hunt. You went with me for the week. I think it was the second or the third day we spotted a like huge buck, but it was like straight up the mountain, you know, <laughs> straight up the mountain. I don't remember exactly how far up the mountain we went. I'm thinking like we were probably like the, I think in the buck was probably about over 2000 feet up the mountain, probably yeah. in that like 25, two to 3000, maybe even potentially yeah. 3000 feet. It was just steep climb. Cause we went, I want to say we were at least 1,500 feet up the mountain, what we went, just straight up. No trail. We yeah. Were bushwhacking up. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it wasn't awful, but, man, and, then like, I'm the one with the tag, so I got to be carrying the rifle and, and get up there to make the shot. And, like, by the time we got up there, the buck was gone. There were still some does. And you were definitely, like, waiting for me a lot. I was pretty embarrassed <laughs> about I was, I was pretty AMC embarrassed. Bill, I wanted that buck. I wanted that yeah. buck. And I'm like, come on, Bill, we got to get up there. Jared, I, I know, I know. And I wanted to get up there too, but like, I just could not get my butt moving any faster. And then I had a, I was lucky. I got two tags last year. And then we went out on this elk hunt like two months later in December and we didn't have any steep climbs, but there were a few places like I thought about hiking into, but I was just like, man, I don't think I can hike an elk out if we get one in there. And so I, I ended up, I filled the deer tag with, you know, we found another buck and then did not fill the elk tag. And when I was coming back from, from, and during the elk hunt, I'd been listening to the book, dang, it's not born to run. It was the running man. I forget the guy's name, but he's the guy who ran across the Sahara, kind of his life story. I was listening to that during my hunt. My wife had bought it on Audible and and I was listening to it. And then, you know, not getting that elk just like really bummed me out. I hate not feeling tags, you know. And I feel I felt like a lot of why I didn't is like I just wasn't in good enough shape to cover a lot of ground. And so on the way home, we ended up getting stuck in a blizzard. And rather than, you know, it's only like a four hour drive from my house, but we had to stop like an hour from where we were at once we got over the mountain because it was just such a blizzard and spent the night in a hotel and I was just stewing on this and I was like, you know what? I'm going to freaking run over Boulder Mountain, which uh, is in like central South Utah. 
and and starting Loa, there's a dirt road that goes from Loa over the mountain to Escalante. And I was like, I'm going to do that this summer. Like, if you ever heard the idea of Masogi from the comfort crisis, I was like, this is going to be my Masogi because I'm going to do this. And so, yeah, so I think you should, anyone who hasn't read the book, read the book. But one of the, the ideas that they talk about and things to do is they call it a Masogi. And essentially it's something that you have a 50, 50 shot of doing like physically hard. You can train a little bit, but you shouldn't like go all out training for it. Or if it's something you're training for, like it still needs to be like, I got a 50, 50 shot of doing this. It's attainable, um, you, but it's also very likely that you could not accomplish. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Like very likely, like really, like fifty-fifty shot. I could make this happen, and I knew it was probably a, a stretch goal. Like even with a lot of training to get there by by August, and this was you know very end of December, like right around New Year's, and so. I talked to you, and you were like, "Yeah, let's do it." You gave me you and Melody helped me out with some training plans. I got out. Luckily, I live really close to the base of the mountain here in Springville, Utah. So I've got a Vizsla and I have to run her. Like, like if I don't get her out and run her, like she'll go nuts and start destroying stuff. So that helped me to get out. And I'd start just, you know, speed hiking at first and then doing some running. We had a really heavy winter. So that slowed me down on being able to run outside. Uh, but I would still get out, you know, and like, just get through the snow and cover as much ground and get the mileage that I could. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to do something really tough. And then I, I heard in, in the end of May, end of, it was end of May. Um, I was really starting to, to like take the mileage up quite a bit. And then at the very beginning of June, I did a longer run for me and I don't even remember how long it was, but it was sticking up with my training plan. And, and then like, two days later after this run just had this awful pain in my ankle, my shin, my foot, um, you know, thought I had sprained my ankle and just didn't realize it, you know, out there, but went to the PT physical therapist. He got me squared away, but I had to take it easy for a while. And I was like, dude, there's no way I'm making this 50 mile run over the mountain. So, so what we did is we readjusted. I talked to you. I was like, well, let's still do something up on Boulder mountain Cause like to both of us, like it's a pretty special place. Like our grandpa used to run cattle down that way. They still have a place down there. It, whenever I put in for tags here in Utah, like if they, if I can, even if it means I'm going to wait longer, like I want to go hunt Boulder just cause that's where I, I love being down there. So we put together an alternate race for just the two of us is what we ended up doing. And and then hash brown, my, my dog came with us. And my wife did support just meeting us t- two different places and then at the end. But it ended up, we thought it would be somewhere between like 23 and maybe 26 miles because we hadn't done some of the trails. Yeah. But, but yeah, we ended up, we did it a few weeks ago. It was freaking tough. Came in, I think just under 25 miles is where it came in for us. I just over but, 25. Oh yeah, just I'm over. It yeah. Marathon, though. <laughs> yeah, I called the marathon. Here's why. So let's 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 talk about this. So we we when you when you came up with this course, you know, and we knew it would be about a marathon distance. Um, yeah. 
we there were some trails. The first half of the course was on trails that we had been on before. Either you, and yeah, you, you had been on. One it of us had been, been on, on it before. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we knew those trails, you know. And the and this is a mountain that's that's not heavily traveled. Not a lot of hikers. Kind of middle of nowhere. It's nothing like like the trails here along the Wasatch Front where you got people out every day. Like on this run, we came across I think two people on the on yeah. on our twelve hours out on out on the course, which is saying something for Utah trails. But anyway, so the trails are really not well defined, and the second half was on trails that we had neither of us had been on. We just saw it yeah. on a map. And I, I saw that we kind of discovered it together as we were hunting that area. And I remember saying to you specifically, whoa, that trail would be awesome to run. <laughs> so we decided, so we decided, and I remember telling you, I'm like, one of these days I'm going to have someone drop me off because it's a trail that starts near the top of the mountain and it goes down this long plateau and then down through some, desert it starts in the mountainous area and down into the desert terrain and basically comes to the little town of boulder utah uh yep. so in theory it's the long like neck. Just a fun downhill trail yeah yeah the long neck trail so how did you feel i guess as you start going through the day take us through your feelings through the day and i'll share my feelings as we go because this ended up being yeah. a 12 hour speed hike with kind of you know a lot more i guess you could say what would you call it just issues or things to work through than we anticipated at the beginning so take me through your feelings how you went through the day and i'll chime in as we go yeah so we started i want to say like 6 45 6 30 somewhere around there we got going and I was pretty excited. I was a little nervous, you know, like the longest run I've done up to this point was about 16 miles or 25 K. Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, let's, let's do this. And we get going in the morning. It's a trail I've done a few times. The first, we did a loop that's up, up near the top of the mountain. You're running through the trees, you're running by creeks and uh, some I, small lakes. One of, most, one of the most beautiful areas I've ever been to. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. So we did that loop and and like I was feeling pretty good. Like the the worst thing that happened on that was we my we lost my dog for just a little bit, but she came back. Like we forgot her pretty quick. Like there was just a little stretch there where the trail kind of just wasn't that defined in one spot. Yeah. And and she kind of just kind of went off on her own, I think, and and then realized uh we weren't around and came back after we started yelling for her. But that first stretch was really good. We met Chelsea kind of back where we started. Like the first one was just like a loop. And that was really good. Like I, I was feeling good. The worst part of that was it rained on us for about the you know an hour. It rained pretty good. Not awful. But I had to change my socks and shoes at the end of that. We did the next stretch, which I think I was about like, and that was about seven miles, the first stretch, a little over seven. And then the next stretch was a little over five. And that next one was really good too. Like we got down to that trailhead where we met Chelsea and I was feeling good. I was ready to like, not that we'd been going fast, but you know, we'd been running some of it. 
we've been hiking the uphills, running the, you know, jogging the flats and, and the downhills as much as we could. But some of the downhills are pretty, like you just had to go slow. Otherwise technical, you were going to, yeah. yeah, it was kind of technical. And then we start down that long neck trail and I was like, I was pretty stoked. I was like, we, I'd set this goal because I'm like, I got to give myself more deadlines. Cause in my mind, I was like, I'm going to freaking finish this. Like, I know I'm not the fastest at like anything in life, like, <laughs> but I know I can just like put one foot in front of the other. And as long as I don't get hurt, I'm going to finish this. Like, and so we were feeling really good. We'd made really good time. I thought, well, I thought we'd made good time. I don't remember, you know, where we were when we started down this long neck trail, but we started heading down the trail and the first mile was pre- first mile. was pretty defined. And then, and then all of a sudden, like we went and did this check to just be like, Hey, which way do we go? And we realized we're like way off the trail, like a little over a mile in. And so we had to figure out how to get back to the trail, which wasn't too bad at first. But then when we get to that trail, it was pretty good. And I'm like, how did we miss this? Cause that, that trail, when we got back to it, it was still good. I was like, we must've just missed yeah. a turn, you know? I mean, it was and, good, but it still had lots of weed overgrowth on it. Yeah. So yeah. Tell. It was not, it was not traveled a lot. No, like, I don't think. I think we're the first people to do that this year. Easy. Maybe in the last three or four years or even five years. I don't think anyone's gone yeah. start to finish. And it's marked as a mountain biking trail. I don't know how in God's green earth anyone gets a mountain bike. Having done the whole thing from the top down to the bottom. How, how you do that. I don't know. You don't. You don't. So this is the kind of trail we started dealing with. It was, it was, it's, it would start to disappear at this point. Right? Yeah. Like straight up. No trail because it turns into like, you know, you go from like mountain timber, you know, forest down into the desert and then into like slick rock when you end it. It turned into like you, we were just like, how are we staying on the trail? So we both have Onyx that we use for hunting a lot. It, you just were like, hey, I'm just going to use Onyx. I turned my phone off because we hadn't brought an extra battery, which was kind of dumb as dumb for us. But I was like, and my battery was good. I was at like ninety percent because we hadn't had to use it the first half of the yeah. half of this run. And I so, had my phone. I didn't even charge it fully for some reason. My phone didn't charge the the night before. So I told you my when I when we started having to use our phones, I'm like, Bill, my phone's not going to make it. You know, so yeah. that that started to add to my stress as. I realized that we were starting to really slow down because here we are in technical terrain and we don't even know if we're on any trails. It's basically bushwhacking at this point. Yeah. So I was just like, we have to have a GPS map if we're going to make it off this mountain. Oh, for sure. For sure. So you, you just like, you just had your phone (laughs) until it died and you were just like every minute looking down at Onyx to see like, are we, is our little dot on the trail, you know? And when your phone died, I just gave you mine because once I got into probably about mile 17, I, I knew I could finish it, but like trying to figure out how to stay on the trail and keep myself going. Like I just knew, I just knew that wasn't going to work, you know? And, and so like once your phone died, I, I don't even remember what mile in. 
but we, I just gave you mine. I was like, here, you know, I was like so much for listening to some music or an audio book to try and help get through this. Like you're, I'm just here with my thoughts, hash Brown and Jacob, you know, it got to where like, I, at probably about mile 17, 18, I, I was starting to feel it. And I just was like, I would just watch my Garmin and just be like, I can get to the next mile, you know, like I can get to the next mile. I can get to the next mile. We can do this. We go get down even to where I thought like we were so close to town. We're going along this bench and I'm like, Oh, we just drop off this bench, like right into town. And then we get to the end of this bench. It's like, Oh shit. We still have like a bunch to go through. And it's like the slick rock at this point. Well, yeah, I, when we came to that bench, cause I was, I was in that same mindset as you. I'm like, okay, we just got to get to the end. Cause it's this long plateau that we were on It's called long neck. Cause it's right next to yeah. another plateau called short neck. And we get to the end and yeah, we just see all these huge giant slick rocks below and we have to descend into those. And it's not just like a, flat walk out of there it's little canyons that the slick rock yeah it's just somehow navigate through some stream beds and you see town way off in the distance yeah like like town's not a mile away town was like another four miles away yeah it was four to five (laughs) yeah and i don't remember the mile marker there it was it was around 20 maybe a little past 20 but um I just remember like I had been talking to my dad like a couple weeks before about a few things I was struggling with. And he reminded me of this, of this saying that, that he told me growing up, but I, I just forgot, you know, like you don't live at home for 20 years and you forget all these great things your parents teach you. But he, he'd been like, Hey, the best way out is through, you know? Cause like, on the, you know, just tangent, like other things have been like, well, you know, do I just, you know, not do this or what, you know, figure out something else. And, and with that race, I was like, I just kept running through my head, like, Hey, the best way out of this is through, like exactly through. And like, you kept, kept us, you know, going on the trail. And I just remember when we got in that slick rock at one point, you know, like you kind of got a little confused or, and a little flustered with the map. Yeah. <laughs> and I just like, I said, we, I was like, dude, let's sit down. And I was just like, dude, I've been in, I've done enough hikes out through that desert and the Escalante and all that to know if you can, the best way is always exactly on that trail. Mm-hmm. Just stay on that trail. Cause I've seen a few things on the map where I'm like, Oop, shortcut, you know, and it's ended up turning what would have been like two miles to be done into seven or eight miles because you're going to go down the two miles. You're going to have to end up coming back because there's a reason trail don't go that way and and then go back where you should have gone anyway. And you just like stuck to it. And it was just like, okay, like I was just putting one foot in front of the other. Like it just, I got we finished when we finished. I was so so excited but like my goal had been there's a hamburger place in town there's like two restaurants in town um and they have really good hamburgers at Bertrell grill and i was like i'm gonna be done before six so we can go sit down i'm gonna have a hot hamburger 
Luckily, my wife had gone and got those for us when she realized we were not going to be there by six. Because more than I think she wanted the hamburger even more than we did. <laughs> and she had them waiting for us. That's what was trying to I was trying to use to push me is that, okay, I'm going to be done so I can go and sit down. And then once we realized I couldn't, I was just like, okay, well, I just got to get done. You know, like I just got to get done. I'm in this. And the best way out is just through. So just put one foot in front of the other. And, and I think I came in a little shorter than you on the mileage because sometimes you'd have to wander around to figure out where the trail was. And I would just hang back and be like, okay, I'm cutting through this way because Jacob went that way and then came back, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, Bill. And and like, as as we talk about it, like, I know technically that doesn't cut the ultra distance but yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not claiming to be an ultra runner even though i have this hat i only did the 10k i only did the 10k so i get the hat well it it felt like an ultra i remember t- telling you afterwards because like here's here's from my perspective you know i'm as we as we're headed down this trail with no trail and the trail disappears and we're just in this middle of nowhere desert really rough terrain i i i'm starting to feel some anxiety and just some stress because i've had so quite a few experiences like this actually through my trail running days now and this is just something that's going to happen when you go down trails that you've never been down before and and so like i'm just holding my breath that this trail like there's actually a way off the plateau. I remember thinking that so much. Like I hope this trail actually gets us off this plateau because that would be the worst thing had we gone eight miles down this stretch and then have to turn around and head back up the mountain. I remember feeling, I felt stressed for your dog, but this is just who I am. I have anxiety. I remember at Hash Brown, we had this, this hit her right there and I'm like, oh, I hope she can handle everything, but she did amazing. She yeah, she's tough. Water. Yeah. She always found water when she needed it, which was a blessing from God as well, I think, because we were starting to run low on water because this was taking us longer than expected. She found little puddles here and there, and that dog had no quit in her. She that only time she laid down was when we took a break. And if we were going, she was going right there with us, which which was impressive. I was worried for you too. And and because I knew like going that distance for the first time, especially in that kind of terrain is rough. And I knew what kind of you know state your body was entering into, just feeling exhausted and tired in your mind. And so I was, I was just like, we have to get off this mountain. We have to get off this mountain. Cause it's the kind of terrain where if you roll an ankle, there's nobody coming to save you. You couldn't even get an ATV into most of the places that we were at so literally the only way off that mountain was either you walk out or you get life lighted out like and and i recognized that as we were going and i was just trying to keep us moving and get out of there as quickly as possible because you know the last thing i wanted to do was get stuck up there but man yeah anyway so what 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 were your takeaways? What did it feel like to finish? What what what, what was the finish like? And then tell me your takeaways after that. The finish was <clears throat> relief. <laughs> if I'm honest, as it's like I'm done. Then, you know, like I was proud of myself for doing it, you know. Like 
I knew once I started down that long neck trail, like there's no bailouts at that point. Like you, you're pretty much committed to finish this. So, but yeah, it was relief was really like initially what it was, but in the next couple of days, I felt pretty proud of myself for, for doing it. Like I went from, you know, like I hadn't, I hadn't run consistently since I played soccer in high school, if I'm honest, you know, to, you know, I'm not putting in huge mileage just cause it takes a lot of time as well. And, you know, I just haven't had as much time as I, as I would have liked, but yeah, I was, I was pretty excited about it. And, and, you know, my wife's pregnant. We're having a baby here in like two months. But as long as everything goes well with that, I'm planning on signing up for the Arches Ultra in Moab to do their 50K and do that race in January. So, I mean, it didn't scare me away. I want to get like a real ultra under my belt. So I don't know if I'll where, you know, where it'll go from there, but I'm just going to go for it. Like I love, I love challenges. I'm always looking for new things. Like, like, you know, Jacob, like when I first started going to college, like, honestly, I, I should have spent more time studying and less time fly fishing because I kind of got obsessed with it and wanted to be great. And and then hunting kind of I moved on from that into a lot of big game hunting. And like if you're watching the video, you know, you can see some of my trophies back here still still obsessed with hunting but i'm starting to really like this running thing and i don't like i don't like running around the neighborhood on the sidewalk or the road it just it doesn't excite me but i love being able to go and do trails and be out there because you never know what you're going to see like we had a heavy winter and i was out there every morning and like we had so many elk just like right above the neighborhood that i live in and deer coming in and it was it was awesome to be out there every morning and see them. And we saw a cougar and coyotes. So, yeah. The only time I've spotted a bear in Utah has been on a run. So pretty cool, the wildlife you can see when you're out and about. So as you get ready for, as you start to transition into getting ready for the Arches Ultra, what's one thing that you took away from this experience that you're going to use to uh, help you out with your completing your first ultra. I'm going to train a little bit. I need, I probably need to train with a partner more often. I usually just get up and go by myself. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily have anybody around here uh, to run with. So one thing I think will help push me a little more is just, I need to get somebody not every day, but once or twice a week, maybe, uh, to run with and help me, uh, push me a little bit more. Um, my dog's so freaking fast and can run forever that like, it's almost demoralizing, you know, <laughs> cause you're like, yeah, I'm never going to keep up with you. <laughs> um, if you want a dog to run with you and push you to run, get a visa. <laughs> so train with a partner a little bit more and then just show up and like, like, honestly, like, to me, I'm not going for like record times. Like, would I like to be a little faster? Yes, I'm going to work on that. But at the moment, like my goals when I show up for a race or a run is I'm going to cross the finish line and I'm going to do it before the cutoff. And so like, dude, that's it. Like just show up, finishing, finishing is, is like matters more than finishing first. It, it depends on where you are, you know, like if you're really competitive, yeah, like be pushing yourself. But, but I know like, in December where I started, I was, 
I mean, I'm still, I'm still a little overweight if I'm honest with myself from where I want to be, but, but dude, I was a fat ass. So <laughs> I'm down about 15 and want to get another 15 before the end of the year. Now that this, this little Shasta here, it's not going to help me with that, but you got to enjoy something in life. So just show up, just show up and, and get started and, and go and like really just set your own goals, like something that'll push you. You know, I did, I, like I, I told you, uh, you know, in the end of December, I decided I was going to do something. I signed up for the Arches Ultra, but like I only did the, it's like a nine or 10K race in January. And then in April, I did a 25K, which I barely finished under the cutoff, like 15 or 20 minutes before the cutoff, but I finished. So I was proud of myself there, but yeah, like just show up, push yourself and like you can probably do like David Goggins, you know, I love Goggins. I know you you really love Goggins, Jacob, but I think he's right when he has this thing that he says, you know, like our by our mind tells us you're done when you've done about 40 percent of what you can do. And, you know, I don't know if that's science or not, but there is some truth to it for sure. And and like you can do more than you think you can it just show up and, and keep going like. A lot of great things were done by people who were tired or sick and worn out, you know, so just keep pushing yourself. So do you feel ready for the hunting season now? I I feel pretty good, actually. I know the area where I'm going to hunt this year, and it's a lot of like rolling high desert plains is what I would call it in, in like southwest Idaho. I'm feeling good. Like now I'm I'm changing my training a little bit to where. Some days I'm going out and just doing a jog, you know, a couple miles with my dog. But now two or three days a week, I'm throwing on my pack and 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 just walking with the pack ready to go so that when I throw it on here middle of next month, my body's not brand new to, to carrying the pack around. Well, I'm excited to see what big buck you get in Idaho this fall. But Bill, thanks. Thanks a ton for coming on. Before, before we leave, I just got to throw in that. I was, and I told Melody this, like right after our experience, I was just super impressed with how you put your head down in that stressful situation of being on this middle of nowhere mountain, 20 miles in, wondering how much longer this trail is actually going to be go or how much, how much more bushwhacking are we going to have to do before we get out of here? And, and you just put your head down. You didn't complain. Um, you just kept moving forward. I kept pointing. This is the way you just said, okay, let's go. It impressed me a lot because that for going that distance for your first time in that rough of terrain, like that was impressive. So it was good experience. It was, it was good brother bonding time, a day that I will never forget being out there on Boulder Mountain. Yeah, me too, man. Thank you, Bill, for joining us here on the podcast. We'll have to have you back on again after you complete your first ultra. Thanks for joining us and congrats on finishing, I'll call it, your first marathon. <laughs> okay. Okay, man. I appreciate it. Hey guys, super exciting news. Pine Tree Running is now Trail to 100 coaching and Jacob is officially a coach. That's right. So if you're ready to take the next step in your training and run that race you've always wanted to run, we would be honored 
to help guide you on your ultra running journey. At Trail to 100 Coaching, you'll receive a custom running plan with strength training options, constant communication with your coach, and you'll be connected with other runners like you who are also on their Trail to 100. If you want to learn more, check out our website, trailto100.com. Please feel free to contact us with any questions you have. If you want to run 100 miles, make make it happen. happen.